And now, Paint the Town After Hours. It's a whole different show, with your hosts, Domo and James. That's right. The whole different show. Oh, I like it. <laughs> What's up, Domo? Good to see you, man. What's up? Happy 420. Happy 420. Shit. So today, basically, this, this is a very special holiday for us fellow smokers. <laughs> Stoners, Even exactly. I do it every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I saw this meme today. Um, you know, I mean, let me just pull it up since we are on the internet, actually, right here. But it was just like, uh, you know, 420 is actually just for stoners. It's like literally the same day, but we just smoke a little bit more weed, basically, right? <laughs> well, actually, this this day is really special for me because I had to take five weeks off of smoking weed. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Tell the audience a little yeah. bit about uh, why. Why? So I got, I got a little surgery done. I got some enhancements in my boobs area. So when you do that, um, I did a lot of edibles, but edibles is not the same as smoking like flour. So, yeah. Real big applause for that. So now, I can, now I can smoke. <laughs> Hell yeah. Welcome back to the stonerhood, man. So anyways, here's the meme oh, I saw yeah. today. Uh, it says, it's 420 today, the day where people who already smoke pot every day smoke some more pot. <laughs> 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 so anyways. Yeah, yeah, I actually, like, anybody who was talking to me today, I was like, oh, my God, happy 420. And there's, like, people who didn't smoke weed. They're like, oh, is that, like, a thing? I'm like, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're no fun. Right. We, we can't be friends. You know, if you can't acknowledge like, hey, man, you know what? This is a special day for us today. Uh, you, you know, at least now it's legal. There's, you know, there's nothing anybody can say about it. It's medicine. <laughs> Society accepts it. Actually, you know, old people, we yeah. smoke flour. And while well, the young kids just basically dab their brains out. Right. So, uh, you know, like I said. I know. That's great. <laughs> I mean, hey. I give it up. I got some girlfriends, you know, who uh, they smoke the dabs and I've smoked with them and they fucking kill me. I can't I cannot hang with the dab. The dab I, feel, I feel like it leaves just like a weird like layer of crust on the inside of your lungs. You know, that that's how I kind of feel. But uh, I, I don't know. But you, uh, here's the thing. OK, so different today strokes for different folks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know what? Here's the thing. I and today is actually another. Uh, it's a special day too, and I want to acknowledge this because this is uh, very close to my heart. It's actually the day that uh, uh, the, my brother Avicii killed himself, man. So uh, rest in power yeah. to uh, Avicii, man. I mean, uh, one of the one yes. of the you know legends, basically. I always uh, you know enjoyed his music, even when he was uh, going by the name Tim Berg, man. You know. Um, I, I remember receiving, I was working for, uh, if you don't know, actually, I used to work for this record uh, label called Nocturnal Records. It's by this DJ named Matt Derry. Um, so we would always get different submissions of uh, di different, uh, you know, guys trying to be on the podcast and the show. And I remember receiving this guy, uh, you know, this guy's uh, demo or just not demo, but just one of his emails based for his marketing promotion. And it was, uh, you know, levels before it even had, uh, the Etta James vocal on it, you know, and I was just like, dude, this guy's like amazing, man. So uh, I've been following his career for so long. And, uh, you know, still, when I think about it, man, it makes me sad, man. So rest in peace to Avicii, man. It does. I, I performed on stage for him, many other DJs who played his song and many nightclubs. I 
like at the time, it's like you felt like he was always going to be there. And, you know, for this to happen, it's like so heartbreaking. And I don't know if you saw the documentary on him, like that just broke my heart to like really get in touch with like his journey. And yeah. it's so sad. Yeah. He I, worked I did, his fucking ass off. Yeah, I did actually. I did. I did see the documentary and, you know, the thing about Avicii, man, like, um, you're right. He did work his ass off. His mentor was actually laid back. Luke, uh, shout out to another Asian brother, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> I think a Filipino, Filipino too. too. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, for, for me, it was just like, uh, you know, Layback Luke was saying, like, dude, this guy was sending him five songs a week by the end of, uh, you know, at the beginning, man. Like, he knew he was going to be a talent. But, and, but the thing is, he, how he just partied and just went to the extreme of just, like, everything. He said, like, dude, if this guy continues to, to be like this, he's not going to be alive for very long. So he actually, like, prophesized this happening, you know what I mean? Did you know about that? No, I didn't. I mean... Yeah. You know, in the documentary, they talked about that. It's I was in nightlife before I was in the life that I'm in now. And there's always alcohol. There's always, you know, supplements. And it's like you, you think people who are veterans in this world are, you know, that they will survive and just, you know, keep going. But um, I think as we get older and we do this for a long time, it does affect some people and some people just don't have the genetics or, you know, the capacity to handle. Well, also some demons every too, right? fucking day. Some yeah. demons too, right? I mean, this guy was touring like right. 300 fucking days a year, man, out of, you know, out of the year, man. So like, uh, and it you was know. like, you know, and it, I never even saw him like have a girlfriend. I think like, even if he did, it was just, his life was so busy. Um, not that that's important, but I think it is sort of important to have somebody to just turn everything off. And I think because yeah. he was just such a machine for all these people. It's like, he didn't have anything to just kind of help yeah. him turn it off. When I saw that documentary, to be honest, I was like, dude, where the fuck is his family, man? Like, I was just like, right. you know, he, he was he must have been like not very close to his family. And, um, you, you know, from from what I heard, you know, he like he, he wasn't actually he had some, uh, you know, grief with his parents and things like that, as anybody does. Right. So, uh, like I said, it's just a, such a tragedy. And honestly, man, when I think about it, it's still just, uh, you, you know, it breaks my heart, man, because like you said, I thought he would be around for a long time. I mean, like, I remember when people would joke that, like, uh, you know, are you going to drop levels of Ichi? Because honestly, it's like, it was so popular of a song, like, he couldn't not play it. It was, I mean, levels is like Vegas. Like, that reminds me of going to these Vegas nightclubs, definitely going to EDC and all those festivals. And it's like, you look at, like, Benny Benassi and David Guetta and Afrojack, and it's like, he was on that level. So you always thought that these like godfathers of the EDM scene, that he was going to be there with them. And, you know, we're just seeing a lot of things starting to fall apart and it's just a tragedy. Like he was absolutely amazing. Like such a sweetheart of a soul. Yeah. And um, just so sad, you know, I wish yeah. like we were all his family, but it's like, he really didn't, have people close to him that he could truly trust yeah i felt that way too you know and um like i said uh oh another just a 
it's funny. Like I have some friends that throw festivals in the Philippines, right? And they actually booked him um, at one time. And this was in 2015, actually. And this time I actually already knew. I'm like, oh, dude, this is bad news. Because when he showed up, he actually, it was a very far away festival that he had to DJ um, in the Philippines, basically. And he actually had a body double DJing for him because he was too um, fucked up on drugs, basically, in the green room. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, it was like a few years that he was already, like, kind of, like, struggling with these demons, actually. Um, but, but anyways, man, you um, know, you know, what's weird too, is I, you hear a lot about these and I've actually personally met some DJs that they've never been to the raves, like as a festival goer before it got huge. Like I've talked to so many, like for me, I, I was a raver and then I eventually made my way up to like actually performing for them. But I, so sometimes you talk to these DJs and you think that they, um, you know, relate, or maybe they were in the same boat. And a lot of them, they're like, no, I've, yeah, I've actually never gone to something like that. I've never been in the crowd. And it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. No, because it's we just like love them so much. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of these guys, honestly, they're like keyboard nerds. You, you, know, you know what I mean? They're and, nerds. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, it's like, you're right. Not everybody goes through, I always call it, it's kind of like you go first as a, uh, you know, as a uh, attending person, and then you go become a dancer, you know, and then honestly, the next stage that, you know, you enjoy the music, you become a dancer, then, you know, you start to want have interest in DJing, right? And then after that, the interest goes in becoming, hey, I want to make this kind of music, and not just DJ, right? So it's kind of like, there's these steps, but some guys like, they're kind right. of like, okay, well, I know how to make this music, because I'm a really great musician. But, um, and then, <clears throat> you know, um, but, uh, you know, it's not really my scene. It's just like I'm a talented musician in very many uh, different, you know, areas, right? So I totally know what you mean by that. And it's, yeah. just, it's funny because it's like for me, um, just like you raving this entire time, like from being a baby raver going all the way down to being a music producer, it's like um, I can't imagine actually like being a, a voice or a, for the scene, not having gone through all that, you know what I mean? So like, uh, I really appreciate the people that actually, you know, before I'll tell you, I talked to so many of the DJs back in the day and then I'm like, hey, oh, you've never done Molly before? You've never rolled XC? Like, are you kidding me? Like, how do you, what do you mean you make this music? And you're like, I've done it all to your music <laughs> so many times. Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing. Back in the day, they used to have, the, they, or they still have these synthesizers and drum machines. And some of these guys were just like, dude, I want to play with these cool little toys. And they were nerds, <laughs> you know? And uh, that's how I, they- I, I love to play with like music consoles and, and old like analog systems. Like that's, that's a boner for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, it's so I'm just saying it's just interesting how the scene has evolved because, you know, what, it pretty much started getting uh, becoming a scene in our lifetimes. You, you know what I mean? Or at least in my lifetime, for sure. You know, I don't want to lump Domo into my, my lifetime. <laughs> I mean, what, the way that I found about raving was just like, I mean, I went. I had a boyfriend who was like, you can't go, but he was going. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh and, I, and actually how I found him, how I found him going, well, he called me and he was fucked up on Molly, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, I know people have been drunk, smoked weed. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're on. So anyways, it intrigued me. But I like even before, I'd never gone to a concert or whatever. <laughs> and then like, so he says that and I go, I was working at Hooters at the time. 
And I just go into work. And these girls, they're, like, showing me all their, like, pictures. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's so cool. They're like, yeah. You can go to these raves and you can be a total slut. They're like, you want to go? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go. That's how I found out. What, what were in these pictures that they were wearing? Like, what kind of clothes were they wearing? Were they wearing, oh, like, like, candy little, bracelets? Little, little tutus. Like, like, the girls actually told me, they're like, we need to get together before and we're going shopping and we need to make our outfits. And we basically buy the outfits, but we just cut them up shorter and, like, you know, <laughs> put put little put, we'd make our bracelets and stuff like it was it was really exciting going now i fucking lost like we all lost each other and that was fucking horrible because it's like you're like i don't know anybody but you know i had to said. learn hmm. oh, go ahead you had to learn sorry no oh. i i just i had to learn to be lost and be okay with being on my own and meeting new friends. Like, it's like a I, metaphor now for I'm, life. I'm a professional. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it actually did help me in life, actually. Like, it made me more comfortable for, like, new situations. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said your ex-boyfriend didn't let you go because I literally had that same exact <laughs> fucking, uh, okay, scenario, basically. Okay, like, my first uh, girlfriend in college, she actually went to a rave up in NorCal called popsicle and then cheated on me i mean she just made it she just made out with the dude so that was my first introduction to the rave hey you know what that that's enough for us to call it cheating <laughs> okay okay yeah. he, 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 he had a little rave wife i'm like wait hold on i'm like that, even make sense. So that was my first and i was like they're were, they were going to this rave called popsicle in norcal it was at the bill graham civic Navit auditorium um, and then so I was like, oh, man, I, I really, really don't like this ecstasy stuff. It just makes girls like really like, I guess, slutty. You know, I mean, so that was my. Like yeah, exactly. Right. And then my uh, my next uh, girlfriend, she was, I guess, like a crazy like high school, one of those high school ravers that like, you know, went to went to school. And then after they went to raves, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But um, she went to Monster Massive because she was from Texas and she was like, oh, this is a famous party called Monster Massive. I got it. Oh my go. God, I love. But again, love she was like, character. you can't go or I don't really want you to go because, you you know, you're not into this stuff, basically. Right. And I was just like, dude, OK, like at, at that time, I really wasn't into <laughs> it. So I was just like, OK, whatever. But you know what? It actually inspired me to when somebody asked me to go. I was like, you know what? I wasn't originally into this stuff. But since like they wouldn't let they thought I was like not in the right scene. i'm gonna actually fucking go with you so you, you know so See, i think we are products of the piece of shit people that we were with <laughs> because people who are telling us not to do something it makes you want to do it like yeah. i just i engulfed myself actually it was really funny i felt like rave was following me after like i did it and i like stepped up to my man and i'm like yeah i fucking went without you and then, and then like I met new friends. They were like, "Hey, like everybody in my town." They were like, "You know, I was in Riverside." And everyone was like, "Oh, you rave now?" They're like, "I'm like, what the fuck?" I'm like, "When did you start raving?" I'm like, "We're going together." <laughs> and um, and then like yeah, I just started meeting the people. Start like the like I would see I would go often to these raves and I would see common people, and then I'd also meet people who worked there. But I remember I was a manager at GameStop. So I worked at Hooters and I worked, I was a manager at GameStop at the same time. Dude, and I, I was that. literally like working, at, I was at work 
and uh, my girlfriend was a manager at a lids like a hat store upstairs and so this guy came up to her and was like hey i got these i got 10 tickets to go to fuzzy festival at the not at the at the hudson and um she's like i'm not into that stuff she's like go to my girlfriend downstairs and so he went and like right in front of a bunch of people he's like hey i got 10 tickets to this fuzzy festival i was like uh okay i'll take them and then like i called all my girlfriends and was like hey you guys want to go to this rave? I got free tickets. We're like, okay. <laughs> and we're like, we're, we're, we're going to buy one pill. We're bringing one pill in and we're not going to bring our money. Dude, we did like four. We fucking found it everywhere. I even took the party back to our house. I was like, yes. I Ever just, like, before you left, you're like, all right, guys, buddy system, make sure you drink enough water. Make sure, you know what I mean? And once that first pill hit, you're like, fuck it, everybody's getting pills. Dude, I, I think, like, yeah, I even, like, saved this couple because they needed water. And I was just, I was just making friends. And I yeah. think that's, like, I love the rape scene because it has made me, like, be so comfortable with meeting new people, but going into situations not so how, expecting anything so how un- always having positive vibes how, how unplur were our exes because like they're like that's no. like ev- that's like everything against the whole fucking rave scene right right, <laughs> right. and you know what it, so when me and the dude we finally 2000 so i came, i started in 2008 and then 2010 he was like oh, okay all right we could go to the rave together but he had his boy and he was like so look, you're going to go with your girl and I'm going to go with my dude. And so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> and me and my girlfriend, we dressed all hot as fuck. And, uh, and, and the whole time I was, I was actually genuinely like, Hey, you, you go off. I'm going to go have fun. Fucking then of course, no, he wants to be with a boyfriend there. <laughs> he's rolling on XZ. He's like, yeah, I actually got, I went back, we, when we first got there, I went back to artists, uh, this guy invited me and my girl to like the artist area, and I really didn't know anybody, like I didn't even know who the DJs were, and I was just like back there, like we got free drinks, I'm like, this sucks, I'm like, let's get out of here, like, <laughs> this fucking rave, and like, <clears throat> I mean, just the crazy, 2010, you know, BDC, is always going to be the best, the best one ever. Hold on, before we talk about 2010 EDC, because I definitely want to talk about EDC, and I can't wait to fucking go this year for sure. But yes. okay, so w- when I first started raving, actually, I feel like I'm like a one generation of raver, a little bit ahead of you. Obviously, I'm a little bit older, but you know, when yeah. I first started, actually, people were wearing these like crazy baggy pants. They were wearing, <laughs> you know, the visor. You had a like. You know, uh, a candy, when we say candy, it's like a bead necklace with a fuzzy stuffed animal in the front. You know what I mean? And then, like, people didn't look as sexy as they did in the uh, 2008 time. You, you know what I mean? Did right. you see those people still around during that period of time when you first started I raving? Think, I think they're still around. They're just really, like, diamonds in the rough. Like, that real, like, rave fashion i guess you would say like the first fashion yeah and um you know honestly that look is just not me and i saw <laughs> i saw the slutty girls and i was like Meh. i was like i think i could do that me too that's what i'm saying i think that you know once that style like i think originally it was f- but can you agree that like 2008 and 2000 to 2010 we're talking about the girls look so hot. Rain oh, Boone yeah. Oh, no, I'll tell you not, right now. It was not the image that we know of the fat girl <clears throat> Ray booty. Like, yeah, today. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Here's the thing, man. Um, like, for me, the the pinnacle of the time for my raving, to be honest, was during that 2000, kind of, for me, it was like 2005 to 2008, right before it exploded on the mainstream, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like such a, for me, it was like, underground. it was an underground thing. And so the first raves I've ever went to were these things called map points, okay? Like map points, basically, like you would get a flyer from the record store and it would be like, have a phone number on it. And it would be like, I don't know, by like some Tyco Productions or a, it would be called like, Tootie Fresh, I'm just, or Fresh something, right. you know what I mean? And then you would call that number the day of, and there would be this answering machine on loop, literally telling you, hey guys, all right, here's the location. And, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. I, I think I went to like only a few parties, like did that, but that was definitely turning like out of fashion. Okay. What about Rave Links? Did you go on this website called Rave Links? I did not go okay. on Raven. Yeah, I was on Plur Life. Okay. So Plur Life was there. But even before Plur Life, um, we just went to there. There was a record store in Riverside um, next to like the UCR area mm -hmm. to get the flyer. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. You couldn't yeah. buy the ticket there. So you had to go all the way to downtown off Arlington to go to this like, it was like a shoe store, but they sold <laughs> kind of like rave shit. <laughs> And you and you had to like go up to the guy and be like, "Hey, I'm here for the hard copy tickets." Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was better to get the hard copies. So instead of the first year, I did the will call, and it's like, oh, you know. So you get the hard copy tickets. I saved all of mine, so I yeah. have subs. But it was just like that was so fun. It was like exciting. It was it was like. The more, like in the beginning, you're kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why is why is all this shit all over the place? But then after, you're like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, you know, the thing is, like, you, you know, it's, to me, it was like, you know, we do this other street art. Obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you listen to the street art podcast. But it was like a underground community of artists and just people that are, were cool, man. You know, and then you can go to these places and people were just nice. Everybody was on ecstasy, yeah, right. But it would be like. A cool party you go somewhere right under the right by the freeway so the cops can't hear anything and then everybody you would see oh shit i know you, you i went to high school with you oh shit I, you know what i mean like right. you start seeing these people and you're like i didn't know you rave and all of a sudden you became closer friends you know mm -hmm. and um you know <clears throat> for me like xc was a big part of it man okay because like i realized actually i was going through like a big depression then the first time I went raving because this bitch ex girlfriend, fuck it. So I'm, I don't actually, I have no resentment. No, but, no. You know I mean, the one I, that we we're talking about. I am totally relating to you because I think that happened to me too. And, and ecstasy was there and it was like a new thing. And it was, it, it was a way, I think I was super, super obsessed with this guy. Like anything this guy did, I was calling him hanging out with him nonstop. Like my friends were even tr begging me, like they would try to hang out with me. So I wouldn't hang out with him. Yeah. And when I finally started raving, um, some of my girlfriends were into it. And then some like later, they just, you know, they, they weren't, but they were happy for me because it really helped break my clinginess, I guess you would say mm. like, or, like, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's a big thing for girls, like, especially for, when you're younger. Yeah, for me, you know what it was? <clears throat> like, I remember the feeling I was like, for me, it was like a pink echo. 
the first pill I ever took, okay? It was like this white pink echo. And it was actually an MDA base, which is actually a precursor to MDMA. So the first time I actually, I took ecstasy, it wasn't even ecstasy, it was a, you know, like a MDA, which is very similar, same feeling. But anyways, um, and I remember uh, just like, I had been sad for so long and all of a sudden I just, taking that pill, it reminded me like how it felt to be happy. And it kickstarted my brain <laughs> yeah. into like, I remember feeling like, hey man, like, life is actually pretty cool. Like I remember this feeling of being happy. So from then on, I mean, right. um, like it kind of just kickstarted my shit. And I was just like, you know, I was all about raving too for a long, I couldn't, I couldn't shut the fuck up about ecstasy. And, raving. <laughs> and you know, I, I was like watching that Peter Jennings, like uh video of documentary about, uh, you know, uh, ecstasy and things like that. Yeah. And then like, I was just like telling everybody like, dude, you got to try this. Like literally changed my life. <laughs> like people were afraid, you know I mean? People were just like, but you know, fast forward, like however many year, few decades later, like, um, look at, look at us now. It's being talked about in mainstream society about like how it helps, like, uh, you know, um, army like veterans. Diplo, Diplo was just at this Jake Paul fucking crazy boxer fight, but it was like, now DJs are part of like, you know, the, the regular mainstream. rock yeah. stars. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. New rock stars. You're right. You're right. And you know, Back in yeah. the day, um, I, I would say that when I was growing up, I imagined a DJ to be like the <laughs> scratching kind of guy, you know what I mean? And um, so especially like, I know how to do a little bit of that, but when I started like learning how to DJ and things like that, everybody was like, hey, can you scratch? I was like, I had to explain to people like, no, that's not actually the genre I'm going for. Like, but nowadays, like it's so much more mainstream, like people kind of already understand, like I still have to use the, the term EDM which I hate, you know right. what I mean? But the thing is like, at least they understand like uh, what, what I kind of do, but you know, at least I have that hip hop stuff to, for, for credibility as well too. But you're right. DJs are totally like mainstream nowadays when I feel like when we were coming up, nobody knew who Tiesto was, right? Nobody knew who, you know, uh, Armin or Avicii was, right? So. It, I was watching just the other day, I was watching the uh, Woodstock um, and they were talking, you know, it was the 2000s, like rock music. And I was just like watching a doc about that festival. And it was so crazy because they had real musicians and the DJ was like, like the hidden guy. Like if you see on like, um, Limp Bizkit, uh, not Limp, yeah, Limp Bizkit. Yeah, and, you're, you're uh, talking about the Woodstock. Not the one in the it, 70s, but the one in the 2000s. Were just, yeah, the DJs were just the background guys. And it wasn't until after that era that the DJs really started blowing up. I mean, remember Eminem made fun of Moby and said, like, <laughs> Nobody no listened to techno, to techno, right? And now everybody listens to techno. <laughs> so it's like, like, and even then it was like, we thought when Eminem said that, like, yeah, Moby ain't shit. And like, I actually love some of his songs, like, you know, so it's, it's just crazy. It's funny how the world works. Yeah, no, it, I totally remember that because you know what, um, Moby it, is actually like, he plays instruments and things like that too. But, you know, he was on that like DJ tip, like real early on. And, yeah. um, you know, people didn't really understand, like, like I said, people were just always thinking of DJ to be scratching. It's just because it's such a unique sound. But, you know, you're right. Moby was like a classic dude that was just like killing it, man. So, dude, I, I remember seeing him at EDC uh, the last 
um the last edc in la i think moby was actually one of the last ones he was playing and then uh, at the you know what at the time i was super into trance so i couldn't really okay, like yeah. i couldn't really like appreciate it as much but i went back and listened to it and i was like right. God damn he was a pioneer that's he, what i'm you know? saying like i listened to some of his stuff and i'm like shit like I I didn't even understand that you were that awesome. What, what even was, like that Fat Boy Slim, like yeah, all that old shit. Like these people were like, there's so I think soul. they were like they were like molding us to be real little ravers. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I remember hearing Daft Punk when I was in like middle school or something like that, and it was that around the world song around the oh, world yeah. right and the thing is i and remember that, it, and they had a, a music video on uh mtv yeah and it, and it was like you didn't know what it was because there was such this like pop and hip-hop and rock and then when there was this like other music it was just like oh like it was interesting but you didn't really know what you were listening to yeah you know and i i remember i remember for me around the world when I saw that, you know, I was still a kid at the time when it came out. And, you know, I, I this is, you got to think about it. This is the time that like Britney Spears and all these things, this pop is like going on. So music is very structured, you know, it's like there's an intro, there's a verse, there's a, there's a chorus, and then there's another verse. But then stuff like Daft Punk was coming out and I'm like, right. they literally just repeat around the world the entire time, you know, but and then- you liked it and you, you actually wanted to keep hearing it. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just confused. I was just like, well, what are these like? Are they, what do they look like? What do you mean that we don't know what they look like? You, you know, yeah. I mean, you're so used to the pop artists basically in your face singing, taking their shirt off. You, you know what I mean? But these guys, they didn't want to have their face shown, you know? Well, so I was just like, it, it was just like a di totally different world. Their documentary blows my mind because in order to hide your appearance, for that long being that amazing is like true like just jetto fucking mind control because you look at all these artists now and what's going on in the social media and sex sells and it's like for them to do something like that and not let their record labels get in involved in in their decision to hide their face to allow them to do that is fucking amazing yeah you know and like it's unheard said, of yeah you know here's the thing i mean if, if you didn't know uh for the audience here's uh daft punk actually you know unmasked right so this is the, this is them as young people obviously they're a lot older now because uh, they've been in the game for so long but this whole time they've recently broken up actually and uh, you know, yeah. the whole time they basically made it not about their faces you know and it's just about mainly about their music and their perfectionist too so if you watch that documentary, it's amazing because they literally, they're French guys. They went through the whole kind of like warehouse scene to come up to become producers. And so many people are influenced by them, including myself, man. So, uh, you know, you know, like I said, it's just, it's just awesome, man. Just uh, uh, knowing that these guys go down in the history books as legends, because, you know, I, people, people. It like scored for Tron and they were in Tron. Like that's one of my favorite movies because of them being there and the way like dude that the, that fucking soundtrack is amazing yeah yeah definitely now here's the thing i, I don't what about craft work though do you know anything about oh, craft work yeah 
Yeah, see, here's the thing. I, craft, they were, Daft Punk was very uh, influenced by Kraftwerk, which was actually going on in the 70s. So, I mean, it's a lot more corny. You know, it's a lot more, uh, you know, we are the robots, kind of like, kind of like, right dirty kind of stuff but um for me like people always point to craft work but it wasn't cool back then these guys were like engineer guys that were trying to like make like these synthesizer sounds you know and yeah people point to them but like i said for me it really wasn't until the house music days that it became more palatable for the uh the mainstream you know and you know yeah. for me to kind of move away from my love of hip-hop into the house scene it was because these artists were just doing things that you know i never heard of when hip-hop was becoming very formulaic you know and i was like okay you know it, it's been it's been 15 years i'm older now it's like maybe it's not that cool to be a gangster anymore and act like a gangster you know what i mean so um house music and raving was really like the perfect thing to get me out of and uh, i was going i was more in the hip-hop crowd and you know, that crowd is, it's very like, you gotta like know how to dance. You gotta know how to, you know, dress and very critical that <laughs> I thought raving was awesome because it was like, you could fucking look like however the fuck you want. Yes. And everybody is going to like, want to, you know, be your friends, like, just think you're awesome and like, it's not just care that you're not matching like it's it wasn't it didn't even care yeah. um and i thought that was like really cool about it and you know it's it's not just like uh because the ecstasy and things like that it's because of the culture you know and we talked a little bit about plur earlier and i realized a lot of times that a lot of people don't know what plur is you know and so i, right. I kind of want to go over the it on the show it's actually means peace love Unity and respect, and it's unity and respect. And respect, right? And then actually add an extra R for responsibility. I heard, right? Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is nowadays. Well, but I mean, you do learn to be a responsible partier when you're fucked up. So yeah, yeah. They're not lying. The thing is, like, it kind of became a little bit corny. I think, especially uh, to say "plur," you know what I mean, and and things yeah. like that, right? It became like this, like joke you know what i mean but i think like yeah. as the scene's gotten bigger um and it still kind of holds that that uh that the the community together these small values you know what i mean so i don't know i, I think it's like a cool thing and i always try to expose people who aren't in the rave scene to this word because it's like you know honestly if you we have peace love unity and respect that's those are just the values that we all kind hey. of I used to bring so much bracelets so that I can meet new people and trade bracelets. Tell, okay, tell, tell the audience have, a little bit about like what, so, what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole thing with the raving is like you when you meet somebody. So the bracelets are called candy. Yeah. So you have it, and then you like go up to somebody and go peace, and you make a like a heart with their <laughs> thing. Peace, love, what? Fuck, all right. Go, peace, peace, love. Okay, sorry. Peace, love. Like this. Yeah, like the like two fingers, heart. right? And then love, okay. two hands with the heart. And then uh -huh. uh, unity is like this. Okay. Hold the hands unity. together, right? And then respect. And then, and then you trade the bracelet. <laughs> yeah, you hold, respect is you hold, like, kind of like. Uh, should you do a handshake and then from mm -hmm. that you trade from one wrist to the other wrist basically yeah <laughs> it's so we this, like, cool like uh collection like it was like you proved that you were braver if you had this deep collection of like bracelets 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, you know, for me, like this was always more of like a trance scene thing, like, you know, or yeah. a, <clears throat> an underground thing. And to be honest, like I loved it because actually when I grew up, uh, it was more like trance was the main vibe. Like trance is basically like a little bit faster, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 134 BPM. And then, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it was just a little bit different. From, but nowadays, what I, the music I make is actually house music. Uh, I think it's because I guess got a little bit older and I can't like really just kind of jump up and down so much anymore. So I just tone the BPM a little bit lower. So that's my main genre now. But w which genres did you get into the scene um, with? Domo? So when I started going, my friends, like I actually connected with uh, high school friends of mine who were going to raves and they started taking me to underground parties and I got attached to Fidget House. And like that real underground scene, like this was like early Steve Aoki, paparazzi was like a, a really popular DJ, Mastercraft, like oh yeah, I forgot about just those. like that sound will forever crookers, like that will ever forever be my music. I listened to that so much, and it was just so different. It was house music, but it was like just nothing I've ever heard before. The BPMs were crazy and like, yeah, I was taking ecstasy and doing crazy shit and it just like enhanced it. But it's just like that music was like Crystal Castles, um, freaking, uh, who's the other one? Uh, uh, shit. I mean, there, I can't, I can't. I'm just going to play, play a little so bit much. for the audience. Like, just like, a little bit of physical house just so the audience because you know from the art community they may not know uh what it but it kind of sounds like this can you hear this at all okay. i like just bassy kind of stuff you know a lot of a lot of like uh kind of dubstep vibes in the in those sounds yeah, too. Like, yeah. and that's definitely that music definitely got me into dubstep and then i started going down the dubstep thing and uh, drum and bass, like, yeah, oh, basically. I love drum and bass, like, and <laughs> it's a very rare, like, you, you don't no hear it so much, so it's like, when you do hear it at a party, it's like, you just stop, and you just vibe, <laughs> and it's, uh, like you know, I'm like thinking thing. of it's funny, drum bass right now. It's funny <laughs> because like uh, you know you know when when <laughs> I think of drum and bass and I love drum and bass too. Like you know Sub Focus, Andy C. These are some of my favorite DJs basically too. But the thing is like it's a very heavy male dominated scene, right? And then so yeah. there's very so I always find it super cool when I find a chick that's into drum and bass. So hell, you are a fucking unicorn in this scene. <laughs> Yeah, I know a bunch of girlfriends who love it. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like a lot of stoner chicks. Like a a lot of stoner, yeah, stoner right? chicks. A lot of stoner chicks good. love it too. You know, and here's the thing: people think it's like so fast, um, but the thing is, like, it's actually only like 70 BPM. So you pretty much like dance on right. dance is a swing, kind of like a swing, like on a on the on the half beat. It's actually, just a lot like of if you, uh, I got into hoop dancing, hula hoop oh, dancing, nice. and so to do that to like drum and bass is like. Uh, it's like the best cocktail like it just it feels good it like makes you get all limber and move around like um it's it's nostalgic i think <laughs> yeah i know you're you're totally right you know and uh it's just like i said it's just funny to me because um i think that's a pretty um 
mature taste of EDM because normally people don't just come in the scene and like start to like enjoy drum and bass. Would you, you know what I mean? They, they kind of usually, uh, they start with like, you know, house or like, you know, trance or something like that. That's a little bit more melodic. And then they'll get into the fast beat of like drum and bass. So, I mean, I'm just right. going to, for the audience that doesn't know what drum and bass is, I'm just going to kind of like play a little bit of a drum, play a little bit of drum bass for y'all um just so you can understand the the bpm level of uh this music you know so something like that and it's very it seems like it's very fast but like i said you could actually you're getting chills just hearing that little bit, huh, Domo? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like I said, I, it's one of my favorite genres, but it's very popular in the UK, but, uh, you know, not so popular, I would say, in the US, but, but it definitely has its uh, scene. Like, its I oil. want to go to the UK so bad because oh, yeah, I, I talk to, like, people from the UK. I'm like, which party's like, what, what kind of music you play? And, like, and they all hate <laughs> Rhyme and it's all about hospital records for drum and bass man and you know there's this uh there's this uh um festival they throw called hospitality in the park and then uh you know it's a full drum and bass festival and then uh you know they whenever hospital records comes over to U uh, us and plays at avalon i am fucking there pretty much you know that's how much i love drum and bass which leads me actually on back in the day <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, let's talk about nightclubs, actually, for a second. You know, <laughs> Avalon, I love Avalon because it's like, you know, it's one of the premier clubs in L.A. I mean, it's so big, you know, and, um, you know. I have so many good nights. Like, I think the best one, though, is when I saw, like, Skrillex, early, early Skrillex with Wolfgang Gardner. Ooh, too, one of my favorite. was freaking people were, like, hanging off the fucking thing, like. It was so good. It was just so fresh. And every time you go, it was like great music. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know what? Here's the thing I love about. Well, first of all, did you go to a uh, There's this other club called Circus Disco. Have you ever heard yeah. of it before? Okay, good, it, good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shit show at Circus, I, man. I dance there. Like, I never realized how fucking awesome that like eight <laughs> was like there was all these little pockets of like things that you just don't find at a normal club yeah and here's the thing like normally it would be a gay club actually and you know gays love know how to fucking party man okay so <laughs> so it was right behind arena which is another dope club actually and the cool thing about circus <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And it's sad they they broke it down and it's like an apartment building now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I got fucked up so much, and that's when I learned how to shuffle. And I did this like uh, I was with this like group of guys, and uh, they had this dance called like high def, and um, it was like this almost like a moonwalking type of shuffle, and it was just cool. But it was funny because they used to tease me, and they'd be like yeah girls can't dance like this and i was just like shit <laughs> shuffling was kind of new because back in the day they used to call it uh the the norda track okay and then people made it a little bit better like cooler and then it became like called shuffling i mean definitely the norda track was like not, not as good looking as shuffling you know now girls get get on their tiktok they shuffle 
Shit, I could still do it, but I'd be <laughs> better than them. And you gotta finish healing, okay? We gotta, yeah. I know, I know. I <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. You know what's funny? You're talking about um, arena, actually. Um, I, I just want to show you this uh, uh, video we did because it actually has circus inside it too. Um, the, the 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 our street artist group circle actually did a um a mural on the outside of the uh arena nightclub and you can kind of see it right here um let me just pull up this video real quick run, boy, run. This little did we know that um right there we would is actually, end up uh, meeting right there right basically up uh, <laughs> right there we is uh arena nightclub right there you know there's that big ass um mural the 7-eleven was like next door well we would go and get like uh, do you remember for loco and yeah <laughs> we would get those and we would it was awesome because it had an energy drink so it was like literally i could drink one of those and i was fucking good for the whole night <laughs> this is uh this is right here what i'm pulling up is uh the the street artist circle basically they did a mural at um at uh, on arena before they tore it down right. now it's apartment building and it's funny right here there's this in the back they wanted to do this uh uh oh. interview right behind this big penis basically you know it was a statue of david that used to be at this club called circus you know and it was legendary man it was a gay club on the regular days but on saturdays they That's had so weird set up like it didn't make sense but it was awesome yeah it had like a hot dog on the ceiling that would pouring mustard on itself you know it had a taco man there and then at the end i think they were struggling because you know they were throwing like weird nights there would be some fetish nights there sometimes and uh, but the you know from, like that whole place was just like bonkers that i think at the end when i started dancing like they were yeah like you could tell they were going to be closing um because they were just like trying to work with whoever basically yeah whoever they can get and um and the things you know what it is their, their sound system wasn't really uh state-of-the-art and they really at the end of the day lost to avalon like you said you know but they were booking big djs man i've seen armin van buren there i mean you know you see armin Carl you don't see was yeah. there i saw uh, dead mouse there actually before he even came up with the mouse head gimmick uh you, you know what i mean um so it, it's just like these legendary nightclubs they don't really last forever they kind of just like yeah arena was fucking dope but it was crazy because it was all, all ages, ages. <laughs> it like there was young people there but it didn't matter it was fucking sick and like my boyfriend my other boyfriend at the time had some like vip card and he didn't have to pay to get in and you know i was a pretty girl so i was with him so that always helped and were you, were you 18 yet or no no, I was yeah. So I was nineteen. Okay, was, okay. Or no, I might have been. Yeah, I was nineteen, like probably turning twenty. Okay. And just like if nobody knows who paparazzi was, like DJ paparazzi was huge. Like it was this house scene, and you know Stevie Oki was there, and this was early Stevie Oki. Bloody Beetroots was yep. there. Like just this fucking crazy. Like, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Chromio. Chromio. Yes. Oh, yeah, Chromio. Yes. I, 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 you know, it's funny. Chromio, yeah, I, Chromio. I saw the guy DJ, actually. And uh, like I said, you know, no. at Cinespace. And then, We're like, it, it's just funny. It's so early on because, like I said, it was truly, like, it felt like a community. You, you know what I mean? Because you would see the same faces 
and the DJs weren't uh, so unaccessible, you, you know what I mean? And uh, like you can hang out with them and you can party with them and things like that too. And that it was, was just- so I like I started really getting involved with like meeting the people of the scene and um, just like such a crazy time. I remember. Do you remember the pickup artist? I saw him there. He uh- was- at club and i remember i was like, <laughs> <laughs> how 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 badly did that go out of fashion i mean i remember that happening like it was neil strauss i think he said something the game yeah. right and then he basically if you don't know there's this book that he wrote it's like how to pick up on women basically the whole thing is like you know you kind of throw them like underhanded backhanded compliments to like uh you know just wear down their confidence get their guard off it just seemed like, like he like yeah like he, the way he made it was like so obnoxious like it's it was so just, douchey in 2021 right you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like i would write a book to like write be like yo like do not follow this fucking troll. <laughs> but you know what here's the thing i remember when it was in when it was in college nobody really knew about the book yet and people yeah. were like kind of like using these techniques and my friends were telling me oh you got to check out this book and i was like damn maybe we should just be nice to chicks man like I- <laughs> you know <laughs> I had a chapter and he was saying like, oh, you can, you'll get a girl and like, you're going to hook up with her, but then you go in the bathroom and you like call your friend to like call you to like, I don't know. It's a lot of effort. Like I was reading it and I had to put it down because I was like, what in the fuck is that? That is so, that is lame. Like, (laughs) you're fuck you. Why are you going in the bathroom to call your friend to go cock block? And like you could, you could have been all up in this, you know. So his <laughs> stuff just didn't like it. Didn't really. Well, really- yeah, it, it, I don't think it would resonate to Riverside girls for sure. That that that. that. <laughs> Take that shit. <laughs> okay, so hey, hey, you know what? It's pretty much been an hour, but I wanted we wanted to play a game real quick. Um, uh, you know, basically for this after hours, you know, as you know, this show is a little bit different than the regular Paint the Town podcast. We go on a diff- little bit different topics. We might talk about sex stuff. We might talk about EDM. We might talk about, you know, drugs a little bit more. But uh, today, for the audience to get to know us a little bit better, I figure, you know, we'll play a new little game. I like to call this Two Truths and a Lie. Real shit, real shit, never tell a lie. Real shit, never tell a lie. That's right. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. So uh, the game is pretty self-explanatory, basically. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, two truths and a lie, and then Domo, you're gonna guess, um, you know, which one's the truth, and then which one's a lie, and then uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, backstory um, about one of them. Okay. So, um, all right. I've been engaged before. I've been detained by the police seven times. I've been a point guard in high school on JV varsity team. Have you been, I'm going to say, so I basically say what's the truth and what's the lie? Yeah, which one's the lie, basically? You need okay. me to repeat them? I would say, I don't know. Um, I think you have been engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have been engaged. Um, so I'm going to say that's the truth. Okay. Um, and you said you were a captain of the varsity. No, I, I was a point guard. I was a point guard, point in, guard. in the JV team, basically. In the JV team. I'm going to say that's a truth. Okay. 
but I'm going to say the jail time or detained seven times could be the lie. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, you know, believe it or not, like I've had just really unfortunate run-ins with the police like all the time, man. And that's why I fucking hate cops, man. I mean... How how could they mess with you? (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) you know... The thing is, I've just been in situations where, like, you know, I, I would, it's just like they got to pull me over, talk to me for like half hour, and then just like, you know, harass me a lot of times, man. So, you know, I can't play basketball worth shit, basically. Okay. So yeah. that is the lie, actually. But um, yeah, you know, and as we go on in this podcast, and we talked about it on the other uh, Paint the Town podcast, basically, but, you know, we'll get into these stories, basically. But, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of let the audience know a little bit fun fact about me. So, uh, okay, go ahead. Your turn. Okay. I, um, I've smoked weed with a celebrity. Um, I've never gotten in an argument with any of my friends. And. Let's see. And I've done acid about like three times in my life. <laughs> hmm. I think uh, it's you've done acid about three times in your life is the lie. <laughs> is that am I right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, today's 420, but 419 is actually bicycle day. Do you know what bicycle day is? Yes. It's yes. that took acid and he went on a bicycle ride yes actually so the first day uh april 19th actually 78 uh, years ago was it 70 years ago i don't know i think it is but you know albert hoffman yesterday yeah albert hoffman basically for the first time took acid and then went on a bicycle ride he accidentally ingested it because he actually made it in the laboratory and he got some on his hand and then he went outside and then shit became like wizard of oz basically <laughs> you know what i mean for him so uh, that was the best shit he's like any- <laughs> he you know, I- version Dude, I've done acid like quite a few times in my life too. And uh, honestly, I got to say, it's just like one of those things that I'm very happy I did. And it's, uh, it's a, it, but it is a really crazy experience too. And, you know, we'll get into those stories more and more on this podcast. And I'm sure Domo will tell us a little bit more about her more than three times acid trip, right? <laughs> uh, somehow a lot of these three times acid trips has happened and I got a lot of experience. <laughs> Went to a lot of dimensions. For sure. You know what? I, I think this I think this episode went pretty great. What did you say, Domo? Yeah. This was Hell cool. Yeah. Happy 420. Um, I love today. So this was awesome. Plus, I love smoking weed with you and talking with you. So awesome. And totally uh do more of these yeah you know what like i said we're gonna we're gonna do these periodically but definitely look forward to paint the town after hours this is a totally different show it's hosted by me and domo domo and i and uh you know next time we're gonna have a little bit uh smoke session in person and who knows when we you know who we'll bring on we may bring on teach we may bring on you know uh talk about sex and 
uh, actually, my birthday is coming up too. So oh yeah, that's, yeah, okay, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, so we'll have another show before your birthday, and then like we'll we'll basically uh, like I said, this is a totally different show. Nobody wants to hear me me and Teach just talk about you know more you know things sexy things basically. So uh, I figure I invite the homegirl Domo to come do a show with me, and uh, you know like I said, show her your support. Go ahead and give her a follow. Domo, drop your socials for yes. us. Yes. Uh, follow me on IG Domo Monster Seven, um, and uh, you know I'm I'm on OnlyFans too. So if you uh. wanna <laughs> check me out, just go to um, go to my website. Actually, you can get a free trial link um, at OnyxSocialClub.com. OnyxSocialClub.com. And go follow our OnlyFans, okay? I know yes. you artists like need something good to look at besides uh, this podcast, okay? So uh, I do requests and make customs. I do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, hell yeah! Go so, well, have a great I'm, time I'm partying tonight. To I can't <laughs> wait to hang out with you soon and smoke with you, okay? Yes, yes. Come back to Vegas. Hell yeah! Awesome. Have a good time tonight. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right? Thank you. Audience, bye. thank you for hanging out with us. Bye, Follow bye. us at PTT so Show. Leave us some people on iTunes. Peace.